Hi, everybody. I'm Mike Hancock, the chairman of the Circle of Excellence group of companies. And welcome to today's call, whether you're live on the call, whether you're watching the video afterwards, or whether you are just having a listen to the audio from this. So in putting together um, today's topic, it was really me thinking about um, what is it that I could share with everybody that would essentially really help them to be more successful um, in ways in which I can give tips that are not too onerous. And when I thought about the topic, you know, can we actually find some systems and tips that can actually make you millions? And I thought, yes, and they're not actually difficult and it's the weirdest thing. So I'm gonna go through this with you today. Uh, we're gonna to do a little backwards and forwarding as I like to do as well, because I like to, to get your feedback on it. And we're gonna unplug some of these things. Some of them you know very well if you've been around our environment for a while. Others are relatively new or maybe things that you sort of do, but sort of don't do at the same time. And what I'm really sharing here today is a combination of what Lundy and I have done, which we feel are probably the most successful things um, that we do. In other words, what they do by the simple nature of doing them, they make us so much more successful than we ever would have been. So that's the technology that's sitting behind this. Um, hi to Philip quickly. And I said hi to Sam. I think I've got everybody. Hi, Sean. Lovely to see you as well. So let's jump into this and see where, we, where it takes us. So we're talking about seven habits here that can literally make you millions. So what are those seven habits? And when I say habits, I'm using the word habit because these things have got to become relatively habitual. If you don't make these habitual, then they're probably not working for you or you're probably not delving in deep enough. So let's jump straight into the first one. Let's not waste any more time. Let's make it more exciting. Are you ready? Here we go. This is why I did this. Because unsuccessful people spend their time doing all the wrong things right. So they're sort of looking like this girl here for the crack in the light. They're looking for the light, but they're spending all their time focusing on the walls instead of just looking up. And when we start to do the right things right, everything changes for us. And I know you've heard this, those of you that have been following us for a while, you've heard me say this for years and years and years about doing the right things right. There you go, Philippe, you've put that in the chat. I've been saying that for years. I absolutely have been saying that for years. But even though I've been saying it for years, I've got to constantly remind myself and I've got to constantly remind everybody else to not focus on the wrong stuff. I just finished editing a video um, or looking at the video edit uh, where I'm saying in the video, don't watch the news, um, don't turn on your television and just focus on going inward and working on your own mind. And you'll get much better result than knowing what every, what's going on in the world. I couldn't agree with those statements more. So let's jump into the first thing. We call it your hour of power. Now, this is something really that for most of us is the first hour in the day. And just before we jumped on to our meeting this morning, Pam and I were talking about, um, you know, the fact that we both like to get up early and, and do things like, you know, I like to get up early and, and jump into the day. Um, I don't like to work after five o'clock, six o'clock maximum for me. I'm sort of brain dead by, by that stage. So it's important that you get your hour of power in. So the first thing that we do when we wake up in the morning is we do a dream review. Why do we do a dream review? Well, it came from time that I spent with the Ashwa Indians in Ecuador many years ago. And the tribes that are still living in the old ways, when they wake up in the morning, they sit around, light the fire. And the first thing that they do before they do anything else in the day is that the family sits there and actually shares their dreams because they believe that dreams are the greatest guidance tool that we've got. And I tend to agree with them. Now, you know, you may have really random dreams like I do. So the, the idea is that, you know, we 
basically communicate in this life in very low level frequency. That's why we give the, the, are given the language of speaking. This is a very low level way of, of communicating. Philippe says the Aboriginal people of Australia live by the dream. That's right, the dream time, they, they call it. Absolutely correct. So there is a much higher way of communicating, but to us in our dense energy human form, it seems very cryptic. So if you have a dream of a snake with a toothbrush and ordering a beer and you go, that's the most silly random stuff there is, there's probably a lot of meaning behind that and something that you need to understand. And sometimes you can't understand it yourself. So it really helps to bounce it off your significant other the first time in the first 10 minutes when you wake up. So that's how we start our hour of power, by getting insights into what's dropping in in the dream world so that we can use those as a guidance system in our life. And sometimes that means that we change everything that we're doing because of a dream that we had. Second thing here is to move from dream for us into meditation or prayer. And I've got both of those there because it depends which one you prefer, or you may just choose to be in stillness, which to me is sort of a meditation. And doesn't have to be long. We tend to do 10 minutes uh, because that's about all my anxiety can deal with before I think about getting on with the next part of my day. But I think for many of you, 20 minutes is a really, really good thing. But what it does is it just has a sense of grounding you and also clearing your mind because many of us, like me, wake up with quite cluttered minds. We're like already running out to-do lists. Okay, today I'm meeting that person, today I've got to do that, et cetera, et cetera. That's not of use to us. So the way in which I clear my mind is the dream review and meditation. Then we move on first thing to the goal review. So we don't go straight to our to-do list, we look at our big goals. And I know some of you, particularly in South Africa, if you're on this call, um, you know Robin Banks. And Robin Banks is a great speaker from South Africa who sort of took on John Keogh's mind power and, uh, and made that uh, even bigger than what John was able to make it. Well, when Robin was in New Zealand, he used to stay at my house. And um, at that stage, I had a two-story house. I lived upstairs. He was living downstairs when he was on tour there. And I used to hear him literally reciting his goals in the bathroom in the morning. And I'd yell out, Robin, keep it down, will you? But, um, but in real terms, I mean, it's great for you to review, review your goals every single day. I mean, it's so funny that we tend to think, oh, we've got a goal. We want to turn over, you know, $6 million this year or whatever it is, or we want to have a trip to, you know, take the kids to Hollywood or something like that but then we just put it to the back of our mind and we get on with our to-do list. Whereas every day, if you bring it to the front of your mind, it will serve you so much better to just spend that few minutes on a goal review. Then here's the big one, no surprises. Get some exercise and some fresh air. Just go out for a stroll. Again, it doesn't have to be long, 10, 15 minutes, you know, around your neighborhood, um, drive somewhere if there's somewhere nice that you want to go to. Uh, one of the ones I really recommend is that you can review, uh, put number three and number four here together. You can grab your journal, go to your favorite cafe, sit there, order your coffee, um, soak up the ambience and review your goals and what you're focusing on then and do some journaling while you have your coffee or your breakfast or something like that. That's a really good one. I don't do that enough myself, but um, uh, these days, but when we travel, we do. So, but when I'm home, I tend not to. And the last one is spend some time in self-reflection. And that's really the journaling place. And so if you can get up in the morning when you wake up, if you can spend five or so minutes doing a dream review with your partner, 10 or 15 minutes in meditation, jump up, have your shower, whatever you do in the morning, then spend time reviewing your goals, take your journal, go for some exercise, get out in the fresh air, sit down somewhere, park bench or have a coffee, do some self-reflection and start journaling. You are setting yourself up really, really well for the day. Yep, Philip, it's definitely a very valuable hour. And yet most people don't do it. And most people tend to jump up, 
make a coffee and open their laptop and sit on their laptop. And that's probably the worst possible thing that you can do. Um, water therapy, cold water therapy for anyone. Yeah, you can do that, Steve. I think, uh, um, you know, living at the, at the Atlantic Ocean, that's, uh, that's definitely some cold water therapy. Heather says she just did that. So Steve, careful what you wish for. You've probably got somebody right beside you there who will go out and do some cold water therapy first thing in the morning. Let's move on to the second one, which is the one that we probably talk about the most. All these tasks that we're doing on a day-to-day -day basis, admin and invoicing, networking, taxation, updating our websites, client service, social media, sales meetings, sales pitches, writing a book, coaching staff, all of these things are just sit out there and clutter up our day. And most of us don't tend to have a system for this so therefore, what we're doing is we're focusing on doing the wrong things right. We're focusing on, you know, spending ages and ages updating our website that, you know, we get three hits on a month, whereas we're not spending time in the right areas. So this all came about for us back in 2015, when Lundy and I were in 40 countries that year. And because of those 40 countries that we were in, uh, just going to mute somebody. It's, uh, there we go. Because of those 40 countries we were in, we, um, we literally had to create a new system. To-do lists weren't working. We were traveling four to five hours a day. We were speaking three hours a day. You know, so we had very little time to do catch up and follow up on all of these things. So we had to work out a new system. Enter the four Gs. So this, even if you've heard this 100 times, if you're not using this, woe be you because you are going past the single greatest system that can revolutionize your whole day and actually allow you to do more in less time to actually allow you to do more and get more in less time so as you know the columns are broken up into what do you want to get and generally speaking you want more money which is why that bag of money is there for some people they want more time Secondly is, what do you want to groom? In other words, what relationships should you invest in and why? Thirdly is, what do you want to grow? So, i.e., what's required to grow your business to the next level? And last, fourthly, is the gold. So, the gold is, what are the big ticket items, the big projects that you really want to focus on over the next 12 months that you would really want to bring to fruition? Now, in all the studies we've ever done and all the research we've done and researching apps like Rescue Time, which have got now 180 million case studies of what people do in their day, I can honestly tell you that most people spend most of their day in column three. And you can see I've got a red negative tick on there. So they spend time doing the wrong things right. So we had to develop a very different system for us, which has worked brilliantly and it works brilliantly for anybody who uses it. So if you don't use this, today's the day that you get reminded. If you're seeing this for the first time, today's the day where you get to think about this a little bit more and start to implement this a little bit more. Um, the system, we can spend you know, a month talking about how the system works, what's in where and what's not but the fundamentals don't change. Column one is what do you wanna get? Column two is what relationships do you wanna groom? Column three is how you grow your business. And column four is the big ticket items that if you get them right, you're probably going to land a million dollars or you know, be able to retire or something like that. So let's take all of these words here that we've got from networking to sales meetings to writing a book, and let's place them into the four Gs as they should be. This is how it should look. The only thing out of all of those that is going to get you money are sales meetings. You're not going to argue with me that social media makes you money because my answer is what's going to get you money today? If you're saying I have a, a, an online product and if I spend money on Google ads, I'm going to get money today, then that's correct, shifted across to the get column. If you say I'm doing 10 social media posts this week and that's going to get me money, you are wrong. 
it's not going to get you money today. And that's why people get a spend time doing the wrong things right is because they're focused too much on what's going to happen at some mystical um, date in the future. So sales meetings are going to get you money today. Out of these, the relationship stuff would be coaching staff because you're going to have better staff, client service because you know, you're going to build stronger relationships with clients and networking because it's going to open your world. Then what's in the grow column? These are all the red areas here where most of us are spending a lot of time, social media, taxation, updating a website, general admin and invoicing. And of course, there's lots of things here. And then lastly, what's the big ticket item there? We want to write a book. So it's very became very simple to us. We spend 80% of our week, basically Monday to Thursday, on the first two. So this is a groom meeting. So we are now grooming. We're grooming relationships with everybody here by delivering to you. So we're building relationships. It's lovely to reconnect and it's lovely to have this time together. What I'm not doing today is our social media. I'm not updating our website. I did review a video before that came back from editing. So I spent 15 minutes of my time before this meeting in the grow column and it's a Tuesday. Guess what? I'm not infallible either. But the idea here is that we prioritize, prioritize, prioritize our time into get and groom. So just like you said to me earlier, Pam, um, you had 17 coaching meetings last week. That's all in the groom area. So you can definitely do those in your high times, in your prime times. But anything like, you know, updating your website or admin or something like that, put it in your low energy times. So what we do, and the reason why I have it as red, is we basically outsource everything that's in the grow column. We either outsource it to staff, in other words, full-time employees. We outsource it to contractors, or we create joint venture partnerships where we have something to offer to people and they do that work for us. So i.e. digital marketing. Um, we have something to offer to digital marketers and they do our digital marketing for us. We don't pay for digital marketing. So from that aspect now, we have basically all of our time to focus on get and groom. There's a little bit of our time goes into the grow stuff, but very little, probably no more than four or five hours a week, I would say and the gold stuff that happens on our Fridays. So I can't tell you enough how you should be embracing this and using it more and more and more and studying yourself to make sure that you become the best version of yourself in this. So let's jump off the presentation for a moment and let's go to everybody here. And I'm interested to get some feedback from you as to um, the four Gs, have you used it? How is it working? And uh, have, what have you forgotten? And how should you be able to use it better? Would anybody like to share something? Don't feel nervous because you haven't been using it for a while. This is what they call dead air while I just wait now for somebody to respond. Hey, Pam, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm going to say this is the first time I'm seeing this, so it's fantastic, and um, I'm looking forward to breaking out my day and and figuring out where are the columns I want to spend my time. So I, I know where I'm going to spend my time now. So I yeah, well, I think you're doing that I already well, but I think we do, like Heather said here, you keep getting sucked into the grow column. We all do. Mm. So this is why we need to be reminded of this, and that's why I put it here. I remind myself at the same time. Um, you know, when you're a Circle of Excellence member, I think the four Gs is in module six or seven. So when you get to that, you're going to get uh, much more um, uh, uptake and understanding of it. And let me go to Diane for a minute. Hi, Diane. Um, I just want to ask you in the people that you are working with, um, what sort of effect is the four Gs having on people and, and, and how much does it actually help you um, improve the quality of time that you have in your work and obviously help you make more money? So I think um, 
probably around about 95% of business owners that I work with um, spend most of their time in the areas that they shouldn't be spending time. So we everybody gets sucked into this. It's like um, this vortex that you spiral down. And when um, we mention, you know, go and get a sales meeting, it's um, quite a light, light bulb moment. I was in a conference last week with a, a German delegation and um, I had to do a speech. And after the speech, I spoke about money and funding and, you know, all those kind of things. And everybody came to me for, for money. But actually, they just need more sales. And that's what most people just need is more sales. So the time that you can spend in the sales meetings, that's the most important time. And then it's just a, it's a no-brainer and it's a game changer. Absolutely. Natasha's saying, I found that groom, grow and gold support get, which is true. It's important to prioritize those things appropriately. Absolutely. So that's where I come up with 80% of your time in, in get and groom. And the more you can outsource grow, because grow is very time consuming. Grow is hugely time consuming. Um, you know, I'm involved in a few not-for-profits, as you know, and I was just looking uh, late last week at the a website of one of them. And I've got to be honest with you, I mean, I got sucked into that whole website and fixing things on that website for about an hour and a half because it didn't seem that anybody else could do it. And it's that stuff that really gets us stuck. And we think it's useful, but it's not. Stephanie, you've got your hand up, so I'm going to go for, for you. Hi, good morning, everybody. Can you Yes, I can hear you perfectly. Okay, cool. Yes, I'm on the road um, um, currently, so um, not driving um, I'm sitting here in the hospital um, after an appointment. So what I wanted to know is the four Gs, would that be especially or would that also be applicable to uh, a non-well-established company? It's applicable to any business. To any business. I can I can just apply um, and need to, to just do that because I just found that I just need to groom and grow the media social network to do the sales meetings because I just need to... Uh, grow the trust and all that that you've been spoken about um, you know um, just through my um, LinkedIn profile and things like that so that I can do the perfect pitch when I do sales meetings so that's what I'm fo focusing on. Great and uh, you know reaching out to people on LinkedIn you know in core in sort of core time is fine um, if you're building because you're building relationships with them. Steve I love what you wrote here I'll just read out the final part um, setting aside Fridays for gold has been gold. And I think that's the thing that we we all notice as well is that, you know, if you can just turn the clients off on a Friday as much as you can, and for most of us, most of us can actually not have client meetings on a Friday. And most of us cannot have things that are too people orientated on a Friday. And you know, if we can spend that time doing the gold stuff, you know, I'd say do the gold stuff Friday morning and, and pick up the grow stuff on Friday afternoon and do what you need to there. That would be a good use of time. Thanks for your input, folks. We're going to jump back into our um, presentation now. And again, this is something that you need to do time and time again, and you need to get really comfortable with it so that you can pick up where you're spending time. I would definitely suggest um, putting an app on your laptop and phone that tells you what you're spending time on. Um, you know, I've used Rescue Time for more than 10 years now, but, but it tells me where I'm spending time and I can break that down into the four Gs from that aspect. I know if I'm on Zoom, it's either Get or Groom, so it's definitely in that space. I don't go onto Zoom to, you know, do grow meetings at all. So I can take the you know, 15 hours a week or whatever I'm spending on Zoom and plug it into, into Get and Groom. And then, you know, it can tell me if I'm wasting time looking at this, that and the other thing or booking my travel on a Monday morning or something like that. Let's move on. The next one of our seven habits you have to get into if you really want to improve your bottom line, uh, and this can make you millions, is to know your numbers. So what are the numbers that you should know in your business? You should know the number of leads to prospects. If you're basically working online, that could be clicks to prospects um, or some other 
way that you may measure it, but you need to measure it. So for us, it's how many people do we pass through our system to get a prospect? That's, that's our number. So how many people on a weekly basis go through our system to get a prospect? And what's a prospect? Um, you have to understand what a prospect is in your business. A prospect to us is somebody who's absolutely in the right target market of what we want to sell something to. Then you have to know your prospects to appointments. So whilst you have your target market, then you have to know how many appointments am I getting inside that target market? If I've got a list of 20 people who are great prospects, how many appointments do I get out of those 20 people? That's a great ratio to understand. Then obviously appointments to sales. If I'm seeing three people, do I make a sale? If I'm, does it take me 10 to make a sale? You have to know that number as well. And then you have to understand what is your marketing cost as a percentage of your sale? So your marketing being money you spend on your advertisements, maybe you're paying your referrers something, maybe you're like us and hiring venues and, and doing those sort of things. That's, that's the number that we need to break down every year. And then what's your operating expenses percentage? That's uh, number five here. What's your OPEX expenses percentage of your overall revenue? You know, in most businesses um, that are in service industries, your salaries and wages are around about 60% of your business. Your OPEX is around about another 20% of your business. That's normal. So if you don't have salaries and wages and then the salaries and wage comes to you, you should be having a 20 to 30% operating expense. Something like that is normal, unless you're scaling up big time, you've got salaries. And then what's your percentage of the breakdown of the source of your sales? How much comes from web webinars? How much comes from social media? How much comes from networking, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Once you know and understand those numbers, you've got power in your business. You've got power to walk away. You're going to get to understand your target profile customer so much better. So I thought I'd give you the Mike and Lundy numbers here. These are our overall numbers, just to show you how we, that we do track them. So we need 45 leads to gain one prospect. So if we have 45 leads, we will generally gain one person who absolutely meets our target market out of that. So then prospects to appointments, we basically get an appointment for every three prospects that we identify. How do we do that? The answer is masterminds is a good way to, for you guys to understand that many of you came through a mastermind experience. Then appointments to sales. My average is about 1.1 appointments to a sale. So basically 11 appointments, 10 sales. Um, now, I'm very refined at this. I wouldn't expect you to have that sort of level of selling. But, you know, if you just go and do the material that we've prepared for you on sales, you will definitely start to understand how to have this uh, more so. Just going to turn the mute off there. Yep. Okay. So there we go. So that way, oops, let's go back and let's go forward. So the next one is marketing, our marketing percentage of sales. So... For every million dollars, it costs us 120,000 in marketing to bring in that money. And our operating expenses are around 32%. So once you know these, it makes it easy for you to plan. And then our source of sales is 35% come from masterminds, um, referred leads 15%, events 25%, web webinars 25%. So it's fairly easily broken up between those type of things. So once you know these, what you can do is that you can start planning. Before that, your plans don't mean much because you go, oh, I'm going to plan to do um, a roadshow. What's that going to do? I'm going to plan to do three webinars. So how's that going to work? I'm going to plan to spend $1,000 a month on Facebook advertising. Why would you do that? So until you first have to study this. So how would you study this? The best way I think that you, if you don't know any of these, is to go back through your diaries and desktop diaries in the last two years, work out 
how many leads you've had, how many prospects you've talked to, how many appointments you've had, how many sales you've made, what's the average sale, where does the how much you've spent in marketing, you'll get that off your, your profit and loss statements. And what's your operating expenses, you'll get that off your profit and loss statements. And then what's the, where the source of where your sales are coming from. Once you know that, you can plan. Now, if you, if you don't know that and you can't find that, then you're in trouble. So you might go, oh, Mike, do I really have to go back through my diaries for the last few years? Absolutely, 100%. You've got to do some research. So that research is golden, though. Um, we do it every year and we know our numbers every year. We know how COVID affected our numbers, et cetera, et cetera. And that can give you solace because then if you've got a financial target, you know, our financial target relates to a certain number of people that are in rooms for us in a year. It's that simple. And then referrals are just bonuses on top of that. That's how we look at it. So we base our, our financial targets around webinars, events, and masterminds. Okay, moving along. Partnership leverage. So this is really about who are the right partners for you. All success comes down to the amount of value something has and how you leverage that value. And yet most entrepreneurs, when they get stuck, they just focus on adding more value, adding more value, adding more value. Whereas realistically, by actually going to add more partnerships, you're going to actually be able to leverage what you're doing a whole lot more than you ever believe possible. Let's quickly go to some of you here, and I'm interested to find out who's created a great partnership in the last, say, six to 12 months that could be something really, really useful. Who's created a great partnership? So, Sean, you're nodding. Diane's nodding. Sean, anything you want to share on that? And Steve's nodding. Uh, certainly, Mike. Hello, everyone. Good afternoon from Singapore. Yes, so um, I, hi, it's Pamela. How are you? Long time no see. How's, how's John going? <laughs> um, so I, I took on a tech partner uh, about 12 months ago. I run an auction business here in Singapore, and I was really missing the technology to do the online auctions. Plenty of them out in the market, but it was very hard to get one to and white label it so it looked like my brand. That's what I wanted to do. And so I found a, a wonderful tech partner, which ironically was from about two kilometres where I grew up in Manly in Sydney, and I'm now living in Singapore. So that was just coincidence. And so I am now on selling their product, um, and we've had a wonderful uh, partnership so far um, it's certainly been built on a lot of trust and that's I think that's the tough bit finding someone you can relate to and trust um, it did kind of suck at start at the start because you're giving away quite a big chunk of your profits and your sales and that can be up to you know 25 percent and so you make a thousand dollars and you're giving someone else 250 dollars it's like it kind of stings in the short term but uh for a solopreneur to have this uh, environment and, and infrastructure uh, behind me now and, and have some resources at my disposal, uh, it's been fantastic. So uh, real, really successful. Highly recommend it if you can find it. Thanks, Sean. One plus one equals 11, right? Steve, any quick comments? Yes. Hi, everybody. Sorry, my camera is not registering. Um, yeah, I just recently I've... Um, been doing some work with the United Nations environment people in uh, Nairobi, and um, I uh, introduced them to a, a psychometric testing program that I um, am a practitioner in. Um, but I gave away quite a lot of free intellectual uh, property in the one session I was leading last week, um, and all on, on a chance that they might pick up on it. And, and so I, I let them go down the route of the psychometric testing, um, the whole group, 60 of them, um, which actually worked because the bait, the, the, the interest that it generated was there, how, how can we make this happen further? We, we want to know the deeper insights into the whole process. Um, so, so sometimes you have to take that leap of faith and just put an offer. I think that's great. You do. You have to take that leap of faith and uh, lovely to have you on the call. 
Um, I'm going to jump back into the presentation. We'll pick up uh, anybody else later on. So let's dive in here. Let's have a look at some um, things you need to do on partners, and this may shock you. So firstly, my question is, could you create a list of 100 potential partners? Why would Mike say 100? Well, the reason is, unfortunately, most of them are going to do very little. That's just the nature of the business landscape at the moment. But if you have 100, then you may get 20 or 10 of them that are rock solid, great partners. And that's going to take your business to the, to the stars. Could you meet with two potential partners every single week? The answer is, of course, you could. But do you prioritize this? Because this would be a grooming strategy. So to, create, to meet with two potential partners every week would be phenomenal. Could you do, convince just 20% of these partners to do two promotions a year? So that would be 20 out of the 100 to do two promotions a year for you. That's 40 promotions of your product or service in a year. You can start to see how if somebody's doing 40 promotions during a year, then you've really got something phenomenal going on. What would that do for your business? Well, I think you could rewrite to the bottom line, that's for sure. And what would you need to do for them? You heard from Sean there that in order to secure that partner that's dramatically improved his business, he needed to give away 25% of profit. So, so many people are unprepared to give away anything and want to hold everything to themselves, but they're holding 100% of very little instead of maybe holding... 50% of so much more. So my challenge to you on this would be to go and write a list of 100 potential partners. Now, writing that list is in your grow column. So do that in your downtime or on a Friday or something like that. But there's a, there's a takeaway for you. Go and create a list of 100 potential partners for your business. What's a partner? Somebody who can take your business to the next level. Somebody who can do a joint venture with you. Somebody who could be a strategic alliance. Somebody who could be an affiliate. Somebody who could be a champion. Somebody who could introduce clients. Somebody who could introduce a new market for you. Somebody who could help you expand overseas or something like that. There's enough ideas around that. Next point, your environment Rest and diet. People underrate their environment. But when I wrote the book, Conscious Leadership, I spent one third of the book talking about the environment of a leader. Now, if you look at this picture here, this is quite a cool environment. You know, it's a nice workstation there. There's a view out across the road to a park and then to some water beyond that. It's got depth of field. The best thing that you can do with your environment is create depth of field. So if your office, if your desk is up against a wall, you're not creating depth of field. If you're simply looking at your laptop and there's nothing further than that by your wall, you're closing down your creative brain. You're closing down your pineal brain. I always say it's like watching, trying to watch Top Gun Maverick on your phone as against watching it in a cinema with surround sound. You are literally, if you've got your desk up against a wall and your workstation's really small, you are literally watching your life on your phone. Whereas if you are like this lady in this picture, you're watching your life and doing your business like Top Gun Maverick in the cinema. It's a much bigger space. You want to get those the sunshine in. You want to get the, the ambience of the day in so that you can think better. We have four basic environments that we really focus on as human beings. The ocean, the forest, the mountains, and the desert. And each one of you, as I say that, ocean, mountain, forest, and desert, maybe you'd like to put in the chat which one of those resonates with you the most. Are you an ocean person? Are you a mountain person? Um, are you a forest person? Or are you a desert person? Heather says she's moved her office to have the best view, made a world of difference, have ocean and mountains. Pam says ocean, Diane says ocean. Mountains, ocean and mountains, that's great. So we're getting some people up there, mountains. 
not a lot of forest people amongst you guys, is there? Maybe forest people don't join the circle of excellence. Oh, there's, there's Linda, trees and forest. Wonderful. We've got a forest to balance that out. No desert people. Deserts, Landy's and my second one. We're ocean and desert people. So um, we like to get out in the great expanse and, and be able to see the universe at night and things like that. So thanks for your feedback here. Deserts, your seconds. Stephanie, great for that. So the idea here is to actually go and spend time with these environments that you love. If you don't live near the beach or don't see the beach and you're an ocean person, you need to go for your walks on the beach. If you're in a landlocked country, like let's say you live in Zambia or something and you're an ocean person, then you may want to consider moving. But if you are anywhere near an ocean, you may want to uh, take your journal, go get a coffee from the coffee caravan, sit on a bench at the ocean and take in the day. This will help you come up with the best ideas and solve the most problems. If you're a forest person, take your journal, go for a walk in the forest. That will also help you make the most of your day as well. You have to have rest. I can't tell you how many people that I come across that are almost practiced workaholics and seem proud of it. You have to take time out. You'll see there um, our 2023 calendar in the bottom uh, left of your screen. You don't need to read it. You just need to look at the lime green areas. That's the times when Mike and Landy are taking rest. So I'm coming off the back now of really some, some quite big time, you know, two full months, almost three full months with very little time off. So in June, we'll be having 10 days off. In late July, early August, we'll be having some more time off. In October, we'll be having more time off. And then during the Christmas period, we'll be having more time off. You have to take your breaks. You have to take long weekends. You have to do what, what Pam told me she's doing next week, which is taking four days to go and think and be by herself. So you have to do that. And then, of course, you have to focus on your diet. You know, just because you're busy, no McDonald's, no junk food, none of that. If you want junk food, have it one day a week, right? And make, make it really count. Otherwise, go and stick to the right sort of diets for you. Go and do your research. I'm not a dietitian. Um, my wife is. She knows a lot about it, but uh, I'm not. But you have to have the right diet for you. There's no doubt about that. Okay, so we're coming towards the next part, and this is your referral strategy. So what do I mean by your referral strategy? Well, we're going to have a look in a minute at somebody's referral strategy and how we can actually use this to be a lot clearer with building our business. But a referral strategy is not sitting around waiting and asking uh, not, and not asking for referrals. That's not a referral strategy. A referral strategy is about being proactive. It's about every client that you work with, once you onboard them and once they go through something and they're happy, literally saying to them, who can you refer me to? Now, that's a poor way of asking. The right way of asking is I'm looking for somebody who's specifically like this person. Um, demographic, and then obviously psychographic as well. Tell them exactly who you want. Tell them what they should look like, what they should do for hobbies, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Get them to search through their phone and go and have a look. Or you can simply go to LinkedIn, which I'm going to do with you right now. What I want you to tell me is, uh, this screen sharing is paused, so I'll stop share and then we'll start the share again. Okay. Thought I was going to be clever and be able to do this on online, but uh, we can't. Let's see. Here's our LinkedIn coming up. So as you can see here, we've got uh, Rainier. He's one of our clients. It's taking a long time to load. Don't ask me why that's happening. But come on, Rainier, load up. There he is. He's loaded. So what I would do is if I wanted to create referrals, I'm looking for CEOs. I'm looking for people who lead their own business. I'm looking for somebody who's in a service industry. And I'm looking for somebody who looks like they're a great person. 
So I'm going to come down here to Rainier, who's got 10,000 followers. He's a great circle of excellent client, a good friend of ours as well. I'm going to look at his 500 connections. Here's the first one, one Etienne Duplessis, uh, outdoor company CEO, maybe, I'll say no. Next one, managing director at B2IT, so business to IT, I'll say yes to that one. Bounty Foods and Care, not in nice space. Coming down, CEO, advanced guidance, yep, probably in my space, there's Dion. I'll write his name down. Founder, software architect, yep, I'll have a look at Matthew. So that's on page one. Let me go to quickly to page two. So I've got two or three potential referrals on page one. Um, Co-founder of MD of United Stations, a radio guy. Yeah, that could be interesting, definitely. Managing director of headlines. That'll be some sort of PR company. I definitely want to talk to them. So managing director of data management professionals. No, don't want to do data management. Um, moving on. Okay, so I've got founder at Woodstock Loyalty Marketing. That could definitely be interesting. So as you can see there, I've now got basically five or six people from the first two pages of one of my good friends and clients. I can simply contact Rainier, say, hey, Rainier, I'm just doing some marketing at the moment. I've got specific types of people that I'm looking at. You may know some of these. Can I run this list past you? He'll go, sure. And I'll just go D on such and such. And he'll say, no, don't know him. I'll go Steve such and such. He goes, yes, I know him. He's a client of mine. Then I'll go through my list of 10, 15, 20 people, and he's going to know two, three, or four of them quite well. And then I'm just going to say, can I send you this email that you can use to refer me into these people? You don't need to wait for people to refer you. You can create your own referrals. You can get exactly who you want by following this system. So that, to me, is a great system that you can utilise to actually get to who you want right now. So you don't need to wait. Okay, let's jump into our last one and then let's get some feedback from you. So here we go. Creating our own referral system and then lucky last here is staying in the right tribe. Now, this is the long neck Karen people from um, basically Northern Myanmar. I had the opportunity many years ago, although I didn't take this photo, but I have a similar one, to spend a day with them. And most fascinating people, they don't stretch their necks, by the way, that um, they are actually lowering their shoulders. So it pushes their shoulders down, doesn't push their head up, just so you know that. I thought that would be a nice bit of trivia for you. But you have to stay in the right tribe. You have to set your table for the right people to be around it. If you've got doomsayers, doubters, or distractors in your network now, you have to get out of that space. If they're in your family, you have to spend less time with them. If you're married to them, good luck, okay? So you have to stay in the right tribe. Once you stay in the right tribe, then essentially being in that right tribe will just lift you up and give you ideas. And that's one of the reasons I know why all of you keep coming to these type of webinars as well is so that you can mix and mingle in the right tribe. In fact, I would suggest that um, when I jump off this in a second, which I'm going to do right now, I would suggest you almost take a screenshot of who's on this call and go and connect with some of the people on the Circle of Excellence group so that you can actually make uh, some new friends and see that uh, somebody else who's actually potentially going to be one of your right tribe as well. So whilst you've taken your screenshots or jotting down a name of somebody you'd like to meet here, um, I'm just gonna recap this for you. So here comes the recap, whoops, in a second. Let's get that recap happening, Mike. Everybody's excited about the recap, I know. Here it is. Let's go right back to the top. Firstly, to focus on the hour of power in the morning, doing your dream reviews, meditations, getting out and getting some exercise and some self-reflection. Then revisiting your business from the aspect of the four Gs. So organizing your day around priorities, not around a to-do list, but around the priorities for your long-term business growth 
which is getting and grooming. Making sure you outsource as best you can your grow and putting your gold stuff into the time of week, which is not in your prime time. You have to know your numbers. You have to know how many leads it takes to get a prospect, how many prospects it takes to get an appointment, how many appointments it takes to get a sale. What percentage do you spend in marketing? What percentage do you spend in operating expenses? And what's your source of business? You have to start leveraging partnerships. Your task after this meeting today is to come up with a list of 100 potential partners and start to meet with those, create a partner pitch and start to meet with those at the rate of two a week. You have to relook at your environment and rest more and spend more effort on your diet. We all have to do that. And then we need a referral strategy. The LinkedIn strategy that I showed you is a very simple one. You can go through all of your friends on LinkedIn and look at who they know who's in the exact target market of what you want. And that way you can start to bring prospects directly to you. And then make sure that you stay in the right tribe. If you do that, I think you're in good hands. So Natasha's been gracious enough to put her LinkedIn profile up there and said she's happy to connect with anybody. So if you need a contact in the USA, um, this is a great contact. Nat Natasha's a great coach, writes for Forbes magazine um, and uh, has a great, uh, a great connection with people as well. Otherwise, are there any final questions uh, just before we bring this morning's meeting to a close? Yes, Pam, and lucky last question. I'd like to get some feedback on what are the, uh, might be some um, good ways to connect or make offers for the, uh, for the strategic partners. As Sean um, said, his is financial or... Um, not everybody wants financial. So the mm -hmm. first thing to go is to go and tell them that you're looking to expand your marketing and that you've identified that they could have a conduit for you into a certain type of person, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe they can open up an event for you or they can mm -hmm. introduce you, in your case, to some private equity people which you're looking for. And then to say, um, just to say, how would you see yourself being compensated for working with me to help me grow my business? Okay. Use the word compensated. That's a much better word. Philippe's got a, um, a LinkedIn up there. Folks, it's been great to, to have you on the call today. I look forward to seeing you in about three weeks' time when you've got me back where I'm going to be sharing something else that's uh, exciting It's really going to help you as well. Have a wonderful day and lovely to see you all. Bye-bye. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, everyone. Ciao, ciao. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Bye. Everybody. Bye.